Now, God has ordained families from the very beginning. Motherhood is spoken of throughout Scripture as a high and important calling. God uses the metaphor of mothers to describe the ways He loves and cares for His children. Laura Booz is a writer and teacher who encourages women to love God, think biblically, and live vibrantly. Laura contributes to her local church and a variety of Christian ministries, including Revive Our Hearts, True Girl, Encourage, and Covenant Eyes. She and her husband Ryan and her six children make their home in Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood, Laura. It's so good to have you on the show. Thanks, Sharon. Laura, I love asking these questions. Now, because mothers have existed throughout the Bible, who is your favorite mom in the Bible? I've admired and loved and learned from so many different mothers in the Bible. But I'll tell you, recently, I've really been meditating on Eve's story. And I've been really encouraged by her um, because what I noticed is that when she was named Eve, the mother of all living, like the timing of that just means something to me because I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but it was during creation, she was called the woman. Mm -hmm. And then she took the fruit, Adam took the fruit, they sinned, God pronounced the curse to dust, you will return. And then immediately after that, Adam turns to Eve and says, you will be, and he turns to the woman and calls her Eve, says your name is Eve because you are the mother of all living. Mm -hmm. And I've just been thinking about that lately, like how she must have felt so devastated I mean, like she must have been like, no, like you have it all wrong. I am the mother of the cursed and the mm. dust and the disobedient. But here was this pronouncement of grace because both of them had just heard God say, I will provide salvation for you. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he will crush the head of the serpent. And this is just this amazing statement that you are the mother of all living. And I think that means a lot yeah. to all women. Whether it's a lot you know, of responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And what, <laughs> and what race, though, for all women yeah. to be born on this planet, you know, in the, on this broken planet, as sinful people, and we are left to our own devices, you know, really do bring about death and devastation and decay and disobedience. And yet to have God's call in our lives be to be life givers mm-hmm. is incredible. And to be part of his kingdom come is such an amazing gift. So I've been thinking a lot about Eve and how she must have felt when God gave her that amazing calling and amazing identity right there. Yeah. I mean, as women, sometimes we have that calling as a mother. Now, what did you see in yourself when you looked in the mirror when you first became a mother? That is such a good question. So that was about 16 and a half years ago. (laughs) And, oh my goodness, I don't even know. I'd have to go back and look at my journals to be accurate. But in retrospect, I'm thinking I probably saw in myself, to be quite honest, like a lot more capability than I actually had. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I was really like gung-ho. Like (laughs) You can just feel it in my blood. I was made for this. I love this. I loved my baby, of course. You know, I just felt like this, it just felt right to me. It was just kind of, something I was always practicing as a little girl with my dolls and Mm. something I was always longing for. I know that every woman doesn't feel that way necessarily, but for me, that was my story. So when I had this baby, you know, I looked in the mirror and I felt this sense of like, yes, like I knew this was coming and this feels right. 
But at the same time, so over these past 16 and a half years, looking in the mirror has changed drastically as I've seen like, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, that young 20 something like had no clue. (laughs) And I still have no clue. And I have to keep relying on the Lord and coming back to him and leaning on him for, oh, every day, moment by moment for his grace and guidance. That's so true. I mean, we go through so many different changes and seasons with our children and as well as seasons change with the culture. And we definitely do need the Lord so much more. Now you have a book called Expect Something Beautiful. Now you talk about the essential gifts of motherhood. What are they and why does every mom need them? That is a good question because the book is based on, well, hopefully the book encourages women to find God's good gifts in motherhood. But the only way to do that is to have some foundational ideas and practices in your life. So first of all, those essential gifts, it's kind of like if you were going to make up someone's baby registry or something, like what are the essentials? If you get nothing else, make sure you get these top five things, right? The essential gifts of motherhood are things like a prayer life, realizing that you are welcomed to come to the throne of God. Mm. to pour your heart out to him about anything um, or even in those quick little moments when your prayer is, please help, right? Right. But to know that you're welcomed to come to him and that he hears you, he's attentive and he will respond as the God of the universe and as your father. So that's an essential gift for women to receive in motherhood. Another essential gift is to receive God's word that it is there to pay attention to you, Mm -hmm. to be the bread of life for your spirit and to be a balm and comfort, to also be like a surgeon, to identify the very things that are keeping you wounded or sick or stumbling and to identify them and help you to repent and turn away from them. Also to Oh, comfort in time of need and give you reason to rejoice and to teach you God's character and remind you of his promises. All of that is to give attention to you and to build you up and to turn your eyes to Jesus and glorify God. Mm -hmm. So that's another um, essential gift of motherhood. And one more that I just want to mention here is, of course, to recognize that Jesus is by your side. Amen. And one of the verses that you can turn to and underline and put on your mirror and hold very dear is Isaiah 40, verse 11. And I want to make sure I get it word for word, even though I probably have it memorized by now. But here's Isaiah 40, 11. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Mm. So if you get anything from motherhood, Look for the gift of Jesus right by your side and the gift of him holding your child close to his heart, closer than you can. So that on the days when you feel distracted and distant and cold hearted, he's not, (laughs) he has your child so close. He is caring for your child and nurturing your child as well as nurturing and guiding and caring for you. Amen. And there's such a great comfort to know that, you know, that God is beside us and he is there to guide us and that we can go to him and pray for anything and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a mom, you know, we have to go to the Lord for basically every moment of the day. I mean, I find myself like, Lord, please help me now. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) And, you know, um, 
you know, let's talk about the seven ways a woman can enjoy her relationship with Jesus and live in the light of his word, even when she's busy, distracted, and tired. There may be some moms out there who may think they're not getting motherhood right. Is there such a thing as getting motherhood right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think there is. I think the way to get motherhood right is just to put all your weight on the Lord. You know, we talk about like the balancing act and, you know, managing and finding like your footing and balancing work and home and all that stuff. I don't think it's a balancing act. I think it is a, just a free fall into the arms of Jesus uh, and just leaning entirely on him. So I do think at the end of the day, that is the definition of getting motherhood, right? (laughs) But when it comes to an actual, like, Um, you know, formula or picture perfect way of doing this. No. And to tell you the truth, just this morning, I woke up with this burden of, I am messing my children up. Like I'm ruining (laughs) this all just this morning. (laughs) My wheels were spinning. I tried to wake up to have devotions. And I was like, Lord, I'm so distracted by this burden. So instead of reading first Samuel, which is where I've been reading, I was like, I've just got to pour this out to you, Lord. And um, I have found myself there so many times, you know, because they're the little things, little nagging things that can kind of all pile up where you feel like, oh, no, I'm letting this child down for this reason. And that child, you know, oh, why haven't I taught them uh, fill in the blank yet? And uh, what about the bad attitude that I noticed yesterday in my child? And what about this very disappointing thing I said? (laughs) Like, how could I have said that to my teenager? Uh, Like all the stuff. Right. The Lord is there. Open arms. Come and tell me, sweet daughter, (laughs) tell me it all. And so what I realized is that it's always been the same for me when I have that, like I messed my child up moment, which is common. I turn to him with confession, confessing Mm -hmm. what must be confessed. I mourn what must be mourned. I ask him for help in my areas of weakness and sin and then I look for blessings that I had Mm. overlooked, you know, to look for the things he is doing and he is giving. We must thank him for that in all Mm. circumstances. And of course that changes the lens that we're looking through all of a sudden, you know, it's like we walk into a warehouse of all the things we're doing wrong and all the things we're messing up and the way we're failing. And it's like this big warehouse and the shelves are packed of reasons, you know, that we feel justified to feel terrible about ourselves as moms. (laughs) But spend some time with Jesus and suddenly you find yourself in a different warehouse. You find yourself in a warehouse of grace and perspective where you realize like, oh, all my failings and fumblings and tryings and efforts are all held in his grace-filled hands. Mm -hmm. And he's the sufficient one. He's the perfect one. So the only message I really need to deliver to my children is, kids, when I mess up, when I am faithless, when I am an imperfect mom again and again, let's all rely on Jesus, who is our perfect savior and friend, our perfect heavenly father, our perfect Holy Spirit, who will comfort us and help us and guide us. I think that's getting motherhood right. Yeah, preach it. That's awesome. I've had moments of time where I'm just like, Lord, please. I hope I didn't screw her up, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and there are those moments where I'm like, just wash her clean from Mm. all of my failures, you know, and that she doesn't take on 
onto herself. But it's so true. Confessing and looking to him and looking for all the little blessings. And like you said, you know, you go into a new warehouse just seeing the light of Jesus and what he's been doing in our children. And that's just awesome. Now, what is the point of the unseen and uncelebrated? Serving, cleaning, caring, snuggling, disciplining, and praying. In motherhood? Oh, okay. Well, I think the purpose of it is to be more like Jesus. Mm. So we look at his example. Actually, I was thinking about when he talks about this in John 12. Let me read it. Jesus was saying, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And then he goes on to say, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, of course, is talking about himself being that grain of wheat that's going to go into the ground and die and then burst forth three days later with abundant life, more life than we can even wrap our minds around for all of humanity Mm -hmm. just blows me away. And he's inviting us to follow him in that, you know, that just that initial big grand story of salvation to lay our lives down and say, yes, Lord, you know, like my life, I am hidden in Christ. I have died with Christ and I am risen with Christ. Yeah. But then I think motherhood is this opportunity on a day-to-day basis to live that out for another person. Mm-hmm. And so all of that unseen and uncelebrated work is that dying. It's the seed going down into the ground. And if you've ever seen a time-lapse video or done the science experiment where you can see the seed go down into the ground and germinate, yeah, it is incredible because what was once this nice little tidy, cute little seed, right. you see it like swell and its skin puckers and bursts open and you feel like, oh, this is terrible. Right. <laughs> this poor seed. <laughs> but then one morning you walk down to that science experiment and you see this sprout that has burst out of the seed. You're like, where did that come from? (laughs) And these roots that go down and all of a sudden, like the growth starts happening and the seed is gone. There is no more neat little tidy seed, Mm -hmm. but what is there is this fruit producing multiple multiplied seed producing plant. And Jesus is using that as a metaphor for us to say, this is the secret to life. Mm-hmm. It's not, so the end game is not the sacrifice. Right. The end game is not, even though it's beautiful and good to do the unseen work. But what we can't forget is that Jesus promises life from that. Mm-hmm. He will produce good life in that. So when we do it unto him, first of all, he gets the glory because we're living the way he created us to live. Secondly, he does good work in our hearts sin um, that we were so bound by before this good work that we're doing on our hands and knees or in the little hidden four walls of our room or Mm -hmm. house, he is transforming us to make us more like him. So to sanctify us and also to bless our child (laughs) and to be a light in the world. Right. So we think it's unseen, but it is not Mm -hmm. because our heavenly father has his eye on us and he's rejoicing every time. Yeah. And also, I mean, our children sees it too, because we are their models and we 
show them who Jesus really is. And at the end of the day, whether it's to our children or to people, we are the walking Bible and we are to be the light for Jesus. Hmm. And so, yeah, I, I truly agree with you. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that, Sharon, for the good it does for our children. Yeah. Because they, through our love for them and our day-to-day service, they might not give us a certificate or like thank us. (laughs) But what they're learning is that they are valuable, Mm -hmm. that they have dignity, that they're worth our time and attention, which is, that's directly from the heart of God. Mm. Every human is so valuable to him and precious to him, made in his image. And when we do it for our children, sometimes I think we lose sight of that. Um, But this is what I had said to a friend of mine. She was like struggling with serving her four children at home, like blah. I was like, okay, imagine yourself in a third world country, Mm -hmm. volunteering your time to nurture and care for four children there Mm -hmm. who don't have a mother, who don't have a home. And you're taking them into your arms and you're reading to them today and feeding them three meals and making sure they have clothes. What do you think about that friend? (laughs) And she's like, oh, I would think she's amazing. (laughs) I'm like, you're that friend. Like you're doing that for your four children and they are people. Um, Somehow we, I think in the normalcy of it all, like we lose sight of it. Yeah, But may God remind us and quicken our hearts to remember how precious they are and how he's called each one of us to our child or children at home um, on purpose. Like that is not a mistake to him. He wants us to love and wrap our arms around that precious child. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I was just thinking about the same thing, what you just said, not so much in the missionary field, but, you know, if you think about, hey, if it was somebody else's child or children, it would be different, right? Because I I mean, at the same time, it's like sometimes our child feel like they can throw tantrums or just do whatever they like when they're home. But that's only because they feel safe. That's because they feel safe around us to do that. But that does not mean that it's right. And obviously it tests our patients as mothers, right? And lots of moms struggle with impatience. Now, how can a mom think more clearly in those moments? (laughs) That's a great question because I struggle with the same thing. I have a two-year-old going on three right now. So we're there, (laughs) (laughs) right there. Um, Okay, so here's what helps me. It helps me to meditate in other times, <laughs> not in that moment, but if I've done like the, the pre-feasting, to, but to remember how Jesus lived his life and, you know, to think about those occasions, like when the crowd was pressing in on him, but he would just pay attention to one person at a time, the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, you know, to focus in on her, take his time, slow time way down just to minister to her. Mm -hmm. and call her his precious daughter, even though things were messy and she was insecure and he had to kind of search for her and, and the power went out of him, you know, like he felt all of this. This was all part of the story. Yeah. And then to focus on Jairus who had come running to him to ask him to heal his 12 year old daughter and for Jesus to go all the way to his house. Meanwhile, this whole crowd is like demanding, demanding, like we need your healing. We need your blessing. Right. Jesus slowed time way down and just did the work that his father appointed for him. That's helpful to me because in those moments when I'm feeling like that rush of 
impatience with my mm-hmm. child to remember that God keeps time differently than I do. Mm-hmm. So I might be looking at the clock and I might have my to-do list and I might have that crunch and the pressure, but if I can tune in and say, wait a minute, I'm a daughter of the most high King who is ruling and reigning over this universe. Mm. And this is the moment I'm in right now. Does it matter more that I get to the appointment on time or that I open my hands to him? Now, if my hands are actually empty, I really will open them. (laughs) And I really will in the moment say like, please help Lord, Mm -hmm. like, or come Lord, you know, like I surrender Mm -hmm. to your timing here. Uh, And then to kind of just follow his lead in my heart of how to deal with my child and what to do next. Right. That's not easy because a lot of times it messes with our schedule and messes with then, you know, like having to follow through on things and it's complicated, but loving a person, especially a child is complicated. Right. So Anyway, I guess that helps me anyway, is just in those moments, trying to calm down and turn my eyes to the Lord and just asking him for his in that moment help. And as you said, God sometimes takes his time and it's always in his timing and the impatience, it's a matter of our hearts, right? And so Mm. God is using that time to kind of penetrate whatever he needs to soften in our heart, whatever he needs to massage in our hearts for us to be a little bit more patient. And that's the same way whereby how we want to try to reach our children is by looking into their hearts and seeing what's going on in their hearts is by being patient with them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it could take five minutes, 10 minutes or an hour. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm in the process of learning. I'm like, you know, okay, I'm just going to have to sit down and just take however long this time is to see what's going on in my child's heart and not be impatient and going about because of my emotions and my ways. But then if it's because of me, then I'm not being able to work in my daughter's heart or whatever God is trying to reveal in her heart and my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I hear you saying is the importance of keeping your priorities right. Mm-hmm. You know, and realizing like this is about the eternal soul here. Right. <laughs> so some moms in some situations might find like what this the Holy Spirit might lead a mom to be like, what has to happen right now is you have to pick your daughter up and you have to put her in that car seat and you have to go. Right. Like, you have to have the strong boundary and she needs to see that. And another time, another circumstance, yeah. another mom, another child, it might be what your daughter needs to see is that the appointment needs to be canceled. You need to sit on this step with her and just hold her, right? <laughs> so that is the beauty, though, of having the Holy Spirit right. along with us Amen. to guide us along. And when we get it wrong, the whole point is then to come back to our daughter or son and say, you know, I, I got it wrong. I made the wrong choice then. You know, I, I shouldn't have given in to you. <laughs> Please forgive me. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I shouldn't have just grabbed you up and gone because that was the wrong choice. So please forgive me. I'm going to keep asking the Holy Spirit to help us. Um, Yeah. You know what? When you were talking, Sharon, it reminded me of something. I don't know how this is connected in. So maybe it will come back around. Okay. But um, I think when it comes to impatience, this has been also helpful to me because sometimes my impatience happens when my children are demanding more of me Mm. than I can give at the moment or want to give. Um, So two things. One is I've had to learn how to have good, clear boundaries because Mm -hmm. when I don't, that's when I lose it. 
You know, like I'll give and give and give and give out of a place of resentment (laughs) or like um, just trying to keep the peace, but it's not real peace. I just don't understand clear boundaries and I haven't communicated them with my children. So either that or the other thing I found is helpful is to come further in toward my child. So this is just a little example, but I think when it first dawned on me was one of when um, I was a young mom and I had like a three-year-old and every night when I would tuck her into bed, I would do the whole thing, like do the <laughs> prayer, do the story, do the song, like give it all. And I'm exhausted from the whole day, of course. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm about to leave the room and she was always like, one more hug, you know? So I'm like, okay, you know, one more hug. And I come back in and I give her the one more hug. Um, And then it dawned on me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give her the one more hug before she asks for it. So I would tuck her in. I did the stuff, say the prayer, sing the song. And I was like, Ooh, I just need one more hug. And I gave her one more hug. That was it. She never asked me for one more hug again. There were then a couple nights afterwards that I would do it because I was like, actually, I kind of missed the one more hug. What happened with that? Um, But it solved her problem. I think she wanted to know, like, don't you want one more hug? Right, right. (laughs) So when I took the initiative and showed her one more hug, um, it fixed it. It answered her question. So I have found that ever since there are the littlest things like when I'm doing the dishes and one of my children's come up to my leg and I'm like, Oh, don't touch me. (laughs) You know, and you get that like through your spinal cord. Um, So just as helpful as saying, please don't touch me right now. You know, I'd rather not be touched, which is a perfectly good response. Mm -hmm. I've also found it effective to pull that child in closer, you know, to actually proactively be like, come like, do hug me. I want to hug you back. That also does its good work in my heart. And it also meets a need in them that they're obviously looking for. So I just wanted to throw that out there. If that's helpful for anyone else, because it really has been helpful for me very regularly. Yeah, that, that definitely is helpful. And I could definitely relate. I mean, there are times whereby a lot of times, you know, my husband takes care of my daughter in the morning and at night he puts her to sleep and he, you know, spends time with her in the morning. And so, but she always wants mommy. And, (laughs) and so I would have to be like, okay, mommy's going to give you one last hug before you go to daddy. And so she's fine with that, you know? Um, But if I, if I don't do that and she's just not fine with it. And so that's helpful. And, and the other example that you share, like in the kitchen, sometimes I'm like hands all dirty, I'm doing stuff. And then she's like, mommy, can you help me with this? And I literally have to go, do you see mommy doing something? And she'll be like, Mm -hmm. okay, she'll walk right back out. (laughs) But at that moment, it was a moment of impatience. Like take a deep breath. Do you see mommy doing something? Okay, I'll help you after I'm done with this and she'll be Mm -hmm. okay. And Mm -hmm. so those Mm -hmm. are just little practical steps that I think are really helpful. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, there seems to always be changes in motherhood and we go through different seasons with our children as well as culture. Now, how do we, how can we navigate those changes? Hmm. How can we navigate the changes in motherhood? Well, I hate to keep repeating the same answer, but I really, I mean, once again, I do think (laughs) it is by putting our hand in 
the hand of the Lord who never changes. Mm. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he is our constant through motherhood, we will be able to weather those changes, you know, the highs and the lows and the joys and the sorrows and um, just the constant needed adaptations to schedule and relationship and, and kind of who you, who you are in the world, you know, like we, as people, we're kind of, we're always changing. Um, we change our minds and we should, and we can change our minds, but Jesus does not. And so I think to walk with him through it and to more and more read his word and meditate on his word, it will be a sure and steady compass for us that will not change when everything else will. Right. Amen. Thank you, Laura. Um, We're almost at the end of the show, but I would love to hear, is there anything else that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? Hmm. Well, I guess I was thinking how much I just love the title of this podcast gems of motherhood. And I love how Sharon, you communicate to your listener that she is a gem Mm. uh, because it's so true. So if there is a listener who hasn't taken a moment recently to, to stop and think about your great value in your heavenly father's eyes, I guess that's mostly on my heart is just to say, let's just pause for a minute and remember how precious you are, Mm. how he made you He knit you together in your mother's womb and you have never been hidden from his eyes. Every moment and every circumstance of your life, he has ordained every day of your life in his book. And he has been with you all along, pursuing your heart and wooing you. The times when you felt like you couldn't see him, he was holding you so close and nothing is by accident. Mm -hmm. So I just want to remind you of how deeply you are loved. Because if your motherhood and your womanhood, your life in general can flow from his love for you, well, then I think you'll have found it. I think you'll feel that contentment and joy of living that he has always dreamed for you to have. So remember today how loved you are. Thank you so much, Laura. Now, before we end this um, podcast, tell me about your book, Expect Something Beautiful. Mm, I just love it Uh, because what it has inside is, you know, these 17 years of motherhood Mm. of the day in and day out of learning that Jesus is right by my side. I needed to write it because I'm kind of, you know, like I have a two-year-old and I have a 16-year-old. I needed to reflect back on what I've learned and what I've seen of him, what he's been up to so that I know what to expect in the future. Uh, And I just hope that the offering of it brings um, life and hope and clear vision to a mom in any season of life, Mm. whether, you know, just starting out or, you know, well along the way or a grandmother. I I just, I really hope that whoever reads it, and I've been praying for every reader that it would warm her heart. She would turn her eyes to Jesus. Her relationship with the Lord would be enlivened and she would find that through her day, she can speak to the Lord and definitely feel his direction through his word and through his spirit. It's full of personal stories from my own life. It's full of scripture that has been dear and helpful to me. Song recommendations, prayers for the mom, practical application, and also more theological ideas that I've tried really hard to put in clear language. So maybe you didn't 
plan on me going into so much detail, Sharon, but it's a precious book to me. And I do hope that it does God's good work in the world. It just sounds so amazing. Now, Laura has so generously offered to give away her book, Expect Something Beautiful to one of our listeners. Please check out our Instagram to see how you can win this book. Now, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on the show. I so appreciate all the gem wisdom that you shared with our listeners out there. Thanks, Sharon. This has really been a delight. Absolutely. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com to where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.